What will help save you time and make more money for you? Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. Get support you need. Even with the efficiencies of technology, as you start grasping what it really means to be a community market leader, you'll probably think, yikes, that's a lot of work. It is. And as you progress, though you can do a lot of it yourself, you are going to have to get some help and put some money into it. Please remember, this is your business. You cannot expect to make a decent living without spending money to make money. All successful businesses have expenses. They allocate money for marketing, employee costs, and equipment. Any other business typically has a lot more expenses than you'll ever incur. The investment you make into your business will pay off, guaranteed. Keep in mind that you don't have to build up your support system all at once. Take it in steps. In the beginning, I did everything alone. In the first year in the business, I sold 69 houses, mainly all buyers. I did every single thing by myself. If you recall, my first year was the year my world was turned upside down. I had no money, an empty bank account, two children, yet I still was able to put 69 buyers into homes just by being different in what I did. I had to think outside of the box to stand out without spending a bunch of money I didn't have. I did things in baby steps. When everyone else was making one-page black and white flyers for their listings, I spent a few precious dollars to create four-page color brochures. When I went on tours with buyers, I made color printouts with comment sections in the order of the homes that they were going to see. Yes, it was a tad more costly than what others were doing, but it definitely helped me close those 69 homes. Just that one difference in the way I did things made people sit up and take notice. So, keep being innovative and unique, even on a shoestring budget. Then as you start to make money, it's time to set up a real marketing budget. I recommend 20% marketing budget. That may sound steep, but it will make so much more money for you as you move forward in the long run. Again, you have to be thinking like an entrepreneur. One article I read recently stated, companies that grew 1-15% to year over year spent an average of 16.5% of their revenue on marketing. Companies that grew 16-30% to year over year spent an average of 22% of revenue on their marketing. And companies that grew 31-100% to year over year spent an average of 50.2% of their revenue on marketing. I work with about 20% and it works for me. For example, the number just came in for 2016 as I'm writing this. In the county I dominate, I sold 144 homes. My next closest competitor, who is a super top producing agent in East County, sold 60. The next highest ranking producer were all below that. To do that much business, you need support. The key is to figure out your own highest and best use. In other words, sure, you can do it all, right? And burn yourself out. But the questions you should be asking are, what am I good at? What am I doing that no one else can do as well as I can? What am I doing that someone with much less knowledge and training can do? What am I doing that is not my strength and not fun for me? Those are the things you want someone else to handle. In my third year, as I made more money and improved, I hired an assistant who worked 20 hours per week to make the CDs of the video home tours I did at the time and to handle the colored brochures. This was 14 years ago. CDs and colored brochures were very forward-thinking back then. 
Rather than spending time making CDs and colored flyers, I focused on improving myself, researching new technologies that could help my business, and coming up with unique, innovative ideas. And of course, I still handled all the FaceTime with my clients. If I could only give you three pieces of advice, here's what they would be. Number one, do video, no matter what kind of video it is, though an educational piece is best. Number two, hire an assistant. Even if you need to take out a loan or eat top ramen for a month, hire an assistant. This will enable you to do things that you can't do on your own. You'll be able to research the latest technologies or take a class on innovative strategies and then have your assistant implement what you've learned. The more new and innovative techniques and practices you implement, the more you'll reap the benefits in new clients and closings. People do take notice. Number three, hire a coach. This is your business, and if you want to succeed and truly turn your business into a steam engine that never stops, hire someone to help guide you and push you through it. Recently, I went on three listing presentations in two days, and I won all three. Two were at full commission. The third was an $800,000 listing, which is very high in my area. I came in at the highest commission. The seller really wanted me and asked if I would handle the sale for one half percent less. They were a referral, so I obligated and felt good about it. My point is that it is getting easier and easier for me to close deals because my clients see all that I do for them. My work stands out. I'm so incredibly busy because of the value I give them, and I couldn't give all the value without support. Please don't think that by reading this book, taking webinars, or attending classes, you'll instantly succeed and see dramatic changes in your business. To see change, you need to implement the practices and heed the advice you're given. If you're not willing to do that, then put this book down, run your business like the 95% of all the other agents out there, and be satisfied with the results you get. If you're ready to find the help you need to grow, you'll find lots of leads for virtual assistance via the web. I've listed resources at the end of this chapter. You can find sharp local college students who want to work part-time or semi-retired folks who are eager to keep active. Be very specific about the skills you need and chose someone who is technically savvy. When you interview them, just make sure they have the same drive for excellence that you do. Look for someone who is an independent worker so you don't spend too much of your precious time supervising them. And once you hire someone, be very clear about what you need them to do. Present a detailed job description of what you expect from them before you hire them. And on a side note, let them know that things can change very easily. I added that to this audiobook, lol. Today I have six people working for me in addition to three buyer's agents. I have a full-time professional videographer and photographer. Rather than paying someone to do 12 to 18 house shoots per month, it's more economical and efficient to have her on staff. I have a full-time digital marketer who takes care of the online digital platform and a marketing specialist as well as an assistant marketing specialist who helps deal with the print and social media. All three help implement new strategies and continually upgrade our marketing efforts. I have a transaction coordinator and an assistant transaction coordinator who make sure each transaction runs smoothly. I also have three agents who are buyer specialists. They have their own book of business as well, but I also pay them to drive my buyers around and show them homes. Once my buyer finds a home they want, I step back in and do all the negotiations, handling the transaction from contract to close. Here's a job description for the person in my marketing position. Keep in mind, most of these tasks are done through Realvolve. Now I'm going to start listing everything that the marketing specialist does. Check my marketing email account and take care of any emails that need to be answered right away. Check Google Keep and make sure everything is taken care of same day. Are you wanting a kickstart on your business and you want to learn how to be the go-to professional in your industry? Well, guess what? 
I've got a challenge for you. It's five days of coaching. It's brand new. Just go to kristamayshore.com slash client conversion. That's kristamayshore.com slash client conversion. And you'll get a training with me for five straight days. That's going to help kickstart you as the go-to professional in your industry. So sign up and I'll see you there. Check calendar for daily tasks. Sign into KCM and post personal articles every day to all social media sites. Check Facebook and respond to comments, messages, and upload all new properties and market updates to business page. Market updates to personal page also. Check LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Upload all property marketing to these sites. Check supplies of paper, ink for printer, CMA listing presentation materials, and all office supplies. Clean the office and bathroom weekly. Take care of any issues with the printer. Print CMA, cover sheets, magazine printout, and tear sheet. Create custom backs for postcards. Create multiple postcards to send to farm areas. Request loan scenarios on all properties to add to brochure. Order USPS slips for monthly marketing postcards. Take inventory of what other realtors print. Make sure Krista's website is up to date and has newest videos on it. Keep count of all the brochures printed and send lists to lender monthly. Give Stager new contact information and email client seller homework. Input Realvolve dates. Check in weekly with all and new upcoming listings. This is done from our listing specialists. Schedule video and photo shoots with clients once Stager has staged the property. Inform photographer and videographer of all upcoming homes and add them into the calendar for Krista. Request signs to be installed. Complete description of the home for detailed marketing. Update contacts after viewing the home. Send sellers professional photos. Create coming soon listing on Zillow and Facebook. Send clients coming soon marketing. Begin my pre-marketing stage of listing the home. Request special dates for family. Update RV and Google. Create property website on agent marketing and assign a text writer. Generate and create list reports. www.listreports.com. This is a free service. Once property website is fully created, send link to client that explains everything the website does. Download property tour once done and add to YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Then send to client. Upload video, email to Zillow. Design just listed postcard and property brochure and send both to client. Double check all online marketing is complete. Make sure RV has correct information on the contact and it is tagged correctly. Apply correct task plan to ensure all tasks are being completed. Create MLS printing listing and send to client for review. Assign super lockbox to MLS listing before installing at the home. Tell Krista to call client to let them know home is on MLS. Send them seller's beware video. Deliver Supro lockbox, combo, and brochures to the property. Send all buyer specialists new listing information. Complete MLS and make property active and send a client with bomb bomb video and PDF. Give marketing updates every Monday and Friday. Once offer is received, place I'm taken writer on the lawn sign. Double check client's photo was requested for closing gift. Once received, order it on Shutterfly.com and have shipped to gift center. Complete the logo on back and wrap with card for Krista to deliver. Add Krista's logo and wrap it with burlap for her to deliver by final signing. Request lawn sign to be removed. Collect block box and combo box. Create just sold postcard and send to printer using Corfact. Update Excel spreadsheet of all homes closed and coming soon. Update the new RV daily. Complete tasks as needed and add new people into contracts while tagging properly. Tag an RV as past buyer, past seller, and casino party if Krista requests for them to be on this list. Request all forwarding information and special dates if we didn't receive them prior. If buyer, get the date of their closing so we can send six month and one year anniversary CMAs. 
Update contracts with closing date and price. Make sure testimonials are requested. When we receive a testimonial, add to Krista's website. Add past sales to Zillow. There's no way I could be as effective as I am if I had to do all of this by myself. Figure out how you can afford hiring people and get yourself some good help so you can focus on building your business and creating new ideas rather than staying stuck in day-to-day operational details. Here are some resources I've used to help me get the support I need in the past. HireMyMom.com Fiverr.com Upnest.com MyOutDesk.com Upwork.com RealEstateVirtualAssistant.com Your assistant can help you with creating things like landing pages, lead pages, videos with graphics, brochures, creating flyers and postcards, etc. Fit your business to your life. I like to start with the attitude that you run your business. It doesn't run you. I know, I know. If you're just starting out, it doesn't feel that way. I get it. It feels like you have to answer every call at 10 p.m. or Sunday night, chase every slim chance of a listing or potential buyer, and host a gazillion open houses. But even if you're a raw newbie, take a deep breath and say, I run my business. It doesn't run me. Please repeat that. And if you've been in our business for 16 years, stop right now and affirm, from this point on, I run my business. It doesn't run me. Honestly, people respect you when you have boundaries. They respect you when you tell them that after 7 p.m. you turn your phone off and that Sundays are family days. Let's be honest. If a client doesn't respect your boundaries or appreciate that you'll be able to give them better service if you have a little personal time with yourself and your family, then you don't want to work with them anyways. As a community market leader, you're not just about making a living. You're creating a life you really want. Personally, I wake up every morning at 4.30. I haven't always done that. I like to sleep. I love to sleep. But I've realized I get so much more energy when I wake up early. I tackle half my day before half the world is even awake, especially in real estate, because most agents get up at 9 o'clock, drink their coffee, and show up to the office around 11. I get up in the morning, go to the gym for an hour and a half, five days a week, and then come home and hit my emails. I make sure I answer questions and communicate with my clients early in the day so they realize that they are important to me. After emails, I take some kind of educational course for an hour or so. When I take educational courses online or online trainings, it just gives me energy. I'm learning something new and I'm excited about it. I feel alive and awake. With this routine, my day starts with energy, excitement, and enthusiasm. In the beginning when I did everything myself, I had a similar routine to start my day, but it wasn't to this extent. I was at the beck and call of buyers and I had to put in more hours at the office to get the results I wanted to get. But as you start to grow financially and your units start to grow, so does your business model and how you manage your time. Now, I tell my sellers I'm not available on Sundays and I'm not available after 7 p.m. I tell them I'm available 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. And if it's an emergency, they can call me on Saturday. And I let them know, if realtors call me on Saturday, I take their calls, but I don't take any calls on Sunday. I'll respond to them the next business day. Nothing can happen on Sunday anyways because the banks are closed and it's difficult to do much work. So don't feel bad about that. I learned I had to set clear boundaries with my sellers and they respect it. The ones that don't, I don't want to work with. I have to set boundaries with other agents as well. When they call me on weekends or late at night, I politely remind them that if I answered every call and every email at the moment they came in, I'd never get a day off and I need downtime so I can stay sharp. Agents are so used to working weekends and nights that sometimes they take offense that I would just not jump at their whims. I've even had agents try to use it against me by calling my sellers and saying, I couldn't get in touch with your agent, even if they only called me 25 to 45 minutes before. I don't want you to feel that you owe anyone an explanation. Run your business so you have the personal and family time you need. 
If you don't, you will burn out and you'll be less effective for your clients. I explain this and my clients almost always understand. The sellers and agents who respect my boundaries and my family time are the kind of people I want to work with. And I found they respect me more for doing it. My boundaries help me sustain my energy level. I tell clients, if I work 24 seven, I would not be giving you my best. Everyone needs a day off. Unfortunately, for some odd reason, agents don't think that people do in real estate. What are your boundaries? How do you need to set up your work schedule so you have a healthy balance? I have two business coaches, one of whom is Shonda Sumter, is younger than I am. She teaches professionals how to be better at their jobs. She completely sets boundaries. When my children were younger and I made client calls from home, I used to worry about it. If anybody hears my kids in the background, they're going to think I'm unprofessional. But this coach encourages boundaries. During training calls with her, you can hear her kids in the background, yet she's totally focused on you. She gives her family good family time and her clients good client time. When she works from home, she's so excellent at what she does that I don't think twice about her kids being in the background. I think, wow, she's amazing. She's on the call in her house with her children and makes a difference with her kids while she's making a difference in ours. That's how powerful and good she is at her job. I respect how she has decided to run her business and how she has set her boundaries because she is giving me incredible value. On the other hand, if you work from home and treat your business like a hobby instead of a business, it's not going to fly. Don't sell your soul. Commission-based work can be tough. Most real estate agents need to sell a client's house more than a client does. It comes across in the way they do their business. These agents are focused only on closing the deal. They are so worried about closing the deal, they forget about the people involved. Real estate became a money thing, not a people thing. Here's where one of my slogans applies again. People before things, always. If you do your best to take care of people, the things will always come. I don't think most people in real estate engage in fraudulent behavior, although there is too much of that in our industry. I think many agents are susceptible to doing less than their best. For example, it's not that uncommon to see a listing that is obviously overpriced. Why? The listing agent probably knows that it's overpriced, but to land the listing, they inflated the price to impress the seller. Or, even worse, the agent didn't have the guts to tell the seller that they were way out of line for fear of losing the listing. Every seller thinks their house is the very best house on the block and worth more than anyone else's, even though the comparable homes tell another story. Overpricing a house will not help you or the seller. On the rare occasion that I don't get a listing, it's typically because the seller has overpriced their home. I cannot tell you how many times I decline a listing due to a seller's unrealistic price expectation. They choose to hire another agent that tells them what they want to hear and when they don't get any action on the house, I end up with the listing several months later. At that point, the seller is ready to do whatever I say. A house sells when it's priced right. Don't waste their time or yours. That isn't how a community market leader acts. When I find myself in this situation, I make sure that I'm giving the client more information than anybody else has. I don't tell them they're wrong because I don't want to put them on the defensive. Instead, I say, I'm on your team. My objective is to make sure I get you the best price possible and the best terms for you. Then I educate them. I show them statistically that when you price a home where it should be, it is exposed to more potential buyers and they have a better opportunity to make more money. I show clients the charts and graphs that point out how much longer it takes overpriced houses to sell, the number of price reductions that typically occur, and how most sellers end up actually selling their home for less than they would have if they had just priced it competitively in the first place. I show them examples of homes that were similar and priced correctly, and how much more quickly those homes ended up selling for more money because they attracted more potential buyers. 
You all know the drill. Don't be afraid to tell the truth and follow it up with the facts. The data doesn't lie and the sellers can usually see it. It's all about being on their team and truly having their best interest at heart. When you walk into a listing where the seller is fixed on an unrealistic price, you've got your work cut out for you. You need to show up armed with information and you need to be willing to walk away. I didn't get this at first, but now I am not afraid to say, hey, as much as I want your business and know I'm the best person for this job, I'm not going to take your listing. I don't want to waste your time or mine and I don't want to disappoint you. I know if I take your listing at this price, I will disappoint you. I want to underpromise and overdeliver. At that price, it's going to hurt you, not help you, and I can't do that. Will you lose business? Maybe, but usually you gain respect. You've shown them the value by being the expert in educating them on how overpricing a home can shoot them in the foot. You've shown that you have integrity. If they think that you'll take any listing and do anything they ask, they're going to walk all over you. More importantly, on some level, you won't feel good about yourself. A friend of mine told me a story from when she was in her 20s. She had inherited a bunch of money and decided she wanted to buy a fixer-upper, renovate it, and then sell it. She was pretty naive back then. But fortunately, got hooked up with a very honest agent who happened to be a single mom and fairly new to the business. My friend found a fixer that she thought was perfect. She was all set to make an offer when her agent said, I couldn't sleep at all last night thinking about you buying this house. It would be a disaster for you. She pointed out all the problems with the house and how difficult they would be to fix. My friend ended up not making the offer. But you know what happened? She bought another fixer through the same agent that was less of a challenge. As my friend became more experienced, she sold the first house and bought another. Then she sold that house and bought a duplex. She ended up buying and selling seven properties in just a few years through her agent. Because the agent had talked her out of that first house, my friend trusted her and became totally loyal. Trust is about being in... Are you wanting a kickstart on your business and you want to learn how to be the go-to professional in your industry? Well, guess what? I've got a challenge for you. It's five days of coaching. It's brand new. Just go to kristamayshore.com slash client conversion. That's kristamayshore.com slash client conversion. And you'll get a training with me for five straight days. That's going to help kickstart you as the go-to professional in your industry. So sign up and I'll see you there. Incredibly trustworthy. It's not about trying to gain someone's trust by looking them sincerely in the eye. It's doing what you need to do to serve your client's best interest, even if they don't agree with you. It's your fiduciary duty to educate and inform. Obviously, they hold the cards and can make whatever decisions they want, but it's your job to inform them. You need to trust your gut and walk away when you need to. I once had a client who had bed bugs and refused to disclose it. He claimed he was just kidding, but I let him know that I could not sell his house as I knew he really did have bed bugs in the past. I couldn't prove it and I couldn't get him to fire me, so I was stuck with him contractually. He was one of the worst clients I've ever worked with, calling, texting, and emailing at all hours of the day and night. He was the rudest, most disrespectful person I have ever encountered. He even had the nerve to tell me that I was too busy for him. After the 15th phone call that day and the 38th email while I was at my grandmother's funeral, I calmly let him know where I was at and he still proceeded to call and text. He was so abusive and impossible to please. I should have smelled him coming, but I had an ego myself and thought, I'm going to be the realtor that shows this guy I'm going to overcome his attitude and make him happy. With my experience, I should have known. All the signs were there. It was the worst experience I'd ever had in real estate. He tortured all parties involved, which of course made me look bad. He even had the nerve to give me a bad Zillow review and Yelp. 
I should have paid attention to the red flags. He literally took up more time and energy than the other 27 closings I had during that next 60 days. Now I think of that experience when any red flags come up in my interview process. Never again. And don't be tempted to fudge a little bit. Even if you see it in the industry, it is not necessary for your success. In fact, it comes back to bite those who engage in it. We especially saw a lot of shady dealings during the market crash several years ago. Homeowners were desperate and confused and agents took advantage of that fact. For example, even though with a little work on their part, agents could have sold underwater homes for closer to their prior value, they, with the bank's approval, still would set up prices that were $75,000 lower just to get the sale done quickly or to bring in their own buyer and double in the deal. This obviously hurt the homeowner and also divided the whole neighborhood and the surrounding community. When I was working with short sales, I pushed for the highest price I could get. Homeowners knew I was watching out for their best interests and my community respected it. Another way agents took advantage during that time was by flipping houses that were in trouble. Flipping a house is perfectly legitimate, but not when the seller's agent manipulates the deal to the owner's disadvantage. Several agents started getting family members or friends to make offers on homes they had listed. One agent in my area was notorious for this. His brother acted as a buyer and they brought properties for significantly less than market value. A month later, they would flip them, making thousands of dollars in profits. This man even took advantage of a woman in his church. She was in the midst of a divorce and underwater on her home, and she asked him for help. Even though she really wanted to stay in the home because of her kids, he convinced her that she wouldn't be able to strike a deal with the bank. He bought the house from her way under market value, and she ended up homeless. She told me that she would never forget it. She quoted, he convinced me to displace my kids from the school and neighborhood they loved all just to fill his own pocket. That was a direct comment from her. Once the banks finally realized this unethical behavior was taking place, they would not allow an agent to purchase a property or benefit from its sale in any way if he had any involvement in the transaction. In my time working with banks during the REO foreclosure days, I worked really hard to show respect and compassion of the people I was dealing with. It was a difficult and sad time for many people and definitely a heartbreaking side of the business to be on. I knew I could either make the pain worse for these people or try to be as helpful as I could, given the circumstance. About a year ago, a man called me to sell his home. He said, you work with the bank that evicted my mom. You were so gracious and took such great care of her during that time. I will forever be in debt. It was so touching. I hated doing that, but I was so glad that his mom's file was given to me to handle so I could show her compassion as she exited the home she had raised her children in. Look, you don't need to work the system. As a community market leader, doing all the things a community market leader does, you'll have plenty of clients to make all the money you want, and you'll sleep well at night. Exercises. Take the next step. Number one, go to the example branding and avatar worksheet in the resource section at the back of the book. Use these to start creating your brand and niche. Number two, grab a piece of paper and write, the business I'd love to have at the top. Without censoring yourself or worrying about how you'll get there, write down how your perfect business will look. Again, for more information on becoming a community market leader, go to www.communitymarketleader.com. Hey, I hope you like what you're hearing. So right now you're actually listening to my book. We're giving you parts of our book each and every episode. So stay tuned for the next episode on Tuesday, Thursday, or Sunday, where we release more parts of our book, Sell 100 Homes or the Ultimate Digital Marketing Playbook. Thanks for being here. Appreciate your time and uh, stay tuned for more.